Hello and welcome to the Enchant Escapes podcast. This is episode number 32 and I'm your host and travel planner Ben Yankee. Let's dive right into the news. It's been a little while since we've recorded a podcast. I apologize for that. So there's been a lot of news that's been going on, but I'm going to keep you up to date on a few fun little tidbits that have been released in the last few days. First off, at the Disneyland Resort, the Disney Anna store in uh, that's at the Adventureland Bazaar features a new line of merchandise. These from Indiana Jones films. You can buy everything from the Idol from the original Lost Ark for $130. The uh, Shakar Stone uh, with a lighting effect inside from Temple Doom for $80. And get this, folks, you can even buy the legendary Holy Grail from The Last Crusade. It doesn't have a price on it yet in the images I'm seeing, but... Uh, that's that's pretty funny that you can you can buy the cup of Christ in Disneyland. Um, nothing, of course, against the cup of Christ. I just think it's it's kind of funny. Um, uh, over in Universal Studios in Florida, painting has begun on a new Shrek and Donkey meet and greet location. This location will be over near the uh, Barney and uh, Woody Woodpecker zone. Uh, over there by the E.T. ride. The Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique is returning to both the Magic Kingdom and to Disneyland, coming up on August 25th. So good news if your little one wants to go get their hair styled, makeup done, nails polished, outfits, and more. Time to start booking will be the end of August. The biggest news that's hit the theme park industry in the last uh, couple weeks is that the Disney Wish was delivered to Port Canaveral. Immediately, Disney was supposed to be putting on test cruises before the July 14th first inaugural sailing with guests. At this time, though, the first and second test cruises have been canceled. Uh, I'm hearing everything from the boat's not ready uh, to even as bad as the theaters inside do not have seats installed in the theaters yet. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've got my tickets coming up uh, in two months, and I'm getting a little nervous about my cruise happening. Uh, But uh, at this moment, the first inaugural sailing on July 14th is still scheduled to occur. We'll see if any of these media cruises and test cruises beforehand uh, actually happen, or if that July 14th is the official uh, first sailing of the, uh, the Disney Wish. Well, today's guest is Katie. Katie and I recently went on an Enchanted Escapes meetup in Disneyland, one of the reasons why I haven't had a podcast out in a little while. Uh, Katie's going to tell us all about her experiences, what she learned in the parks, uh, and what she's looking forward to in her uh, in her future trips to Disneyland. Let's get right into it with Katie. Fine. Do you have a good trip home? Yes. It took me a few days to uh, get back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> but yes okay how about you uh it was fine um i got thrown back in uh to the mix and uh work has been um pretty heavy since i got back so uh just trying to keep my head above water yeah luckily i'm you know just on summer break for now so i just got to sleep in a little bit but still took a couple days to uh catch back up to speed on life well, that's good. You're you're a, you're a teacher, right? If I remember right. Mm-hmm. And what do yep. you teach? 
Um, I've been teaching math and PE, and I'm going in this upcoming year. I'm just going to be in PE. Like what age range are we talking? Middle school. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, good. I'm going to be at the same school as Stacy next year. Oh, where you really be? Okay. Oh, that's nice. Well, that worked out well. She was my coach growing up. Oh, okay. Now I've seen all the connections. Okay. Yeah. So is that how you came to Enchant Escapes? Was by Stacy? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did Did you approach her? Did she approach you and say, "Look, you'd be good at this"? You know how that works. She approached me and said, "Hey, I'd love to have you whenever you want to come." And I said, "Okay." Are you enjoying it? How long have you been doing this? Yeah. I, I haven't really kept track. Um, I've been with Enchanted Escapes since like. I don't know. It was the end of last school year, so okay. about a year and a half, year and a little. Okay. I know I was still working. I was still like in school last year whenever I started, so I know it's been over a year. I just don't know exactly how long. Sure, sure. So this was your first agent meetup in California, right? Yes. Was this your first time at Disneyland as well? No, I had been to Disneyland once before. I went, um, my parents gifted me a senior trip um whenever i graduated high school okay. and i chose california and we had, we went to disneyland for like two or three days um as part of our california trip okay um okay that's not bad so so how how does it compare to disney world what do you like better what do you like worse so i was trying to think yesterday about how many times i've been to disney world and i think i've been to disney world four times and then Disneyland, this was my second time, but I really count it like one and a half because when I went the first time, it was kind of a quick trip and okay. I wasn't the one planning it. And I don't really remember what all went into it and what all we did. And, um, but I, uh, comparing them is hard because right. I, I definitely can't choose one or the other as like, Oh, I like this one more or whatever. I just think they're definitely different, different, and they each have their own benefits. Um, I like that Disneyland is small and that you can, you know, do a quick weekend trip and still potentially see, you know, all of the big, you know, sticker items um, and get to, you know, experience almost everything. Right. Whereas Disney World, you're going to have to spend some more time there in order to experience the same amount of. Uh, same percentage of stuff to do. Um, and okay. so I definitely enjoy that like small park feel um, that Disneyland has, but I do love Disney world and how much they have and how many options they have um, and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, you're fine. Um, I, I personally enjoy Disneyland a little bit more uh, than Disney world. Uh, I did. I did ask my children after we got back this time which one they prefer, and they they prefer Florida uh, hands down. They said, uh, no question about it. And of course, when I asked why, it you know it wasn't it wasn't the experience, it wasn't the the you know the time on the buses, the multiple modes of transportation, you know all those things. You know when most people complain about Disney World, it's it's because of the size of it, uh, as opposed right. to Disneyland. Uh, they like it more because they love Epcot. And they mm-hmm. love uh, Pandora specifically in in the Animal Kingdom. Um, is how, how old are you, kids? Uh, Fourteen and eleven. Interesting. So I went for the first time. I think I was twelve. Okay, somewhere around there. And um, 
I would say that when I was that age, Epcot was my least favorite. Really? Okay. Because yeah. when I was that age, it was my favorite as well. So, okay. Interesting. Now, why was it your least favorite? Just because, uh, I mean, at that time, what, there were, there were, there, I'm sure there weren't as many rides. I'm sure they hadn't started integrating the characters into the parks as much. So what was the, what right. was it that I made you not was, enjoy it? I think it was because of the lack of rides. There was Test Track, which I loved. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I just feel like when I was that age, it was, you know, Hollywood Studios was my favorite because it had Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster and um, Magic Kingdom. I loved Space Mountain and just the fact that it's, you know, Magic Kingdom has all of the nostalgic Disney-esque things. Um, And then... Animal Kingdom, I liked, but it was probably towards the bottom with Epcot at that age. Um, But I did like seeing all the animals and whatnot. Um, But now, I don't know. I couldn't choose a favorite park (laughs) now either or really a least favorite. So, um, but yeah, that's surprising to me that your kids at that age, it's their favorite. And that it was your favorite. Well, and yeah, my, mine, it was actually because of the hands-on aspect of it. You know, I liked, I, I'm, I very much enjoy all the science exhibits and, and the stuff that you could do afterwards. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I remember doing as a child in Epcot isn't there anymore. Um, gotcha. You know, Horizons is gone. Uh, Universe of Energy is obviously gone now. But even just, I loved the Wonders of Life Pavilion. I thought the Wonders of Life Pavilion was the best thing on the planet. I could spend all day in there bouncing around between the different science rooms and and you know a lot of the uh, other shows that would happen in there and uh, body wars of course being in there was uh you know always made me sick but i really enjoyed that simulator more than i enjoyed star tours um so yeah they they connect my kids connect with it um mostly not because of um well it's not future world but future world but because of world showcase they love walking around world showcase and they love shopping and they especially love eating their way around the world's uh, <laughs> pavilions so um and my my oldest absolutely loves the the american adventure show uh, in the american pavilion that that is one of her one of her favorite shows on property so okay my kids might be a little weird but that's all right uh, <laughs> No, that's cool though. Those are definitely things that I enjoy now. And I do remember like thinking back on that trip I took at that age. I, um, it was during the flower and garden festival Mm -hmm. and I remember seeing all the topiaries and everything. And so now whenever I go back, I always want to go during flower and garden festival. Oh, okay. And yeah. I don't think I've ever been during another festival. <laughs> well, I've always been during that festival and I love it. I love the greenery and the topiaries yeah. and everything. The topiaries um, are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, Epcot, Epcot is hard to visit and not have a festival going on. Uh, the one that I have tried to, you know, hit my trip during, I have yet to, which is the arts festival. Um, I've, I've been to Flower and Garden several times. I've been to uh, um, the Food and Wine Festival many, many, many times. Food and Wine seems to be going on almost every time we visit uh, anymore. Um, but, you know, I've got to try that January, February period sometime so I can get the uh, the arts festival in and uh, yeah. experience that. I was... Whenever I was prepping for my 
last trip to Disney World, I was watching live streams Mm -hmm. of people in the park almost every single day. Um, It's like what I would do while I was drinking my coffee in the morning and what I would do while I was making dinner at night. And it was during the Festival of the Arts. And it was so cool. And they still like went during Flower and Garden. They still had a little bit of stuff up whenever I went. Um, I think I went like right as they were transitioning. And so I still got to see a little bit of it, but not too much. Um, but that is a, one of the ones I want to go to. And I actually went to Target a couple days ago and they had a um, an Epcot cookbook at oh, Target. Okay. And so I was flipping through it and it tells you like where it's the food is located in the park or if it's part of a festival or something. And so many of the recipes in there are from the food and wine festival. I'm like, Oh my goodness. I need to go during the food and wine festival too. Right. I just need to take all the trips back Uh, every, every break. That's part of my problem with Epcot is uh, all the good food and all of Disney world. I mean, there's great places to eat and all the, you know, in all the parks, but it, it, it's all in Epcot and you want to eat your way around the world. You want to eat at all the fine dining restaurants. Uh, I tend to encourage a park hopper and get a park hopper just so that in the evenings we can go over to Epcot for dinner. And um, that's, that's a great you know, idea, actually. That's personally our preference. We'll hop on the monorail from Magic Kingdom and head straight over and get dinner somewhere. And, you know, we spend our evenings in Epcot and our days in the other parks is tends to be the right. way we go. Uh, you get to see that uh, harmonious show over and over again. Well, the, yeah, or or uh, see it once and then bypass it the rest of the trip. But yeah, 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 <laughs> um, that's always an option. <laughs> and harmonious is now watch... on Disney Plus. The live. I know. I was gonna say, did you watch the new harmonious live? I, I I didn't. I've seen the show. I've seen the show enough. I'm not a fan um, personally. I do Aww. like. I do like all the tech aspects of it. Um, it you know. Bob JPEG asked for a, a Disney concert, and that's essentially what it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I really want a story. I really miss, uh, you know, the shows of the past um, for Epcot. Yeah. But, but I'm not a yeah. fan of Harmonious. I, I do enjoy watching it once, and that's that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. Once every year or two years when I'm in the park, and then that's enough. Yeah, so the, the live that they have on Disney Plus. So I've never seen Harmonious. Oh, okay, um, okay. And so the live that they had on Disney plus it's not really focused on the show itself. It's just focused on like the music that happens in the show that you kind of just hear in the background as the technology stuff is going. It's more focused on that. They have musicians and choirs and all kinds of stuff in the park performing live while the fireworks are going off and everything. And it was just insane to me to watch that and think it's one thing to have a recording and time your fireworks to the recording. Sure. It's a whole nother level to have all these artists performing live and still have it timed right with all the fireworks and the water shooting and everything. It was crazy. And, and the, sometime like I the, need to explain to you, Katie, what a click track is, <laughs> but <laughs> okay, yes, <laughs> but still it's just crazy. Well, good. I'm um, glad you enjoyed. It. I'll, I'll I'll find some time this week and sit down and watch it. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, you if know, you I've got to finish uh, Obi Wan Kenobi first. I've got to get the next episode of Miss Marvel in. Uh, oh yeah. But, you know, I've got some of those. I'm in the middle of watching those too. Yeah. Yeah. Getting there. There's some good stuff coming out on Disney Plus right now. There definitely is. Uh huh. 
Um, There's so much coming out. It is hard to keep up with. There is across all the streaming <laughs> platforms, but just alone Disney Plus. Yes. Yeah. I want to watch all of them. Yeah, and we're going to have a lot of news coming up here in the next month because we got D23 coming up in July, and they've got uh, some announcements that they have to make to compete against what's coming up with Epic Universe over at Universal in 2025. So I, mm-hmm. I think you're going to have some big announcements coming in Disney+. Plus. I think you're going to have uh, some specials that might feature some of those, something to draw people away from Universal and all the news that Universal's putting out about their future parks. And, uh, you know, competition breeds, only breeds good stuff for the fans. So, you know, we wouldn't have Galaxy's Edge without uh, the Harry Potter and uh, the Wizarding World. So hopefully we get some big announcements in July. I don't think that's, that the, I heard somebody speaking the other day that in order to compete against epic universe disney would have to open two to three new rides in the next three years in each one of the four parks in in florida uh i i don't think we're going to get that big of an announcement but uh no. you know they're, they're going to have to start rolling out something here soon or we're going to have some issues um with uh yes yeah, seeing, uh, seeing how long it's taken them to put together tron i don't think that they're going to yeah. get that many in there that quick yeah i've never seen a roller coaster take quite so long to build <laughs> so you know I we're, we're approaching speaking, year though. three yeah and it's supposed to open um uh, rumors are starting to percolate that uh, august or september we're gonna have an opening so mm. uh, that, that's that's bodes pretty well here for the fall i've been throwing around the idea of a thanksgiving trip i'd get to ride it if i go that's true that's true <laughs> i i i Almost can guarantee by Thanksgiving it will be open and operational. So I would hope so. <laughs> which is wonderful. Of course, the last ride that opened, um, the uh, Cosmic Rewind, has been getting a lot of, I don't want to say bad press lately, but it's been a little intense. Have you been following all the news about the um, the Vomit Comet, as it's starting to be named? Yes, I have. Yeah. I have had multiple people tell me I'm not going to ride it because I don't ride anything that gives you a bark bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Well, and then this week, uh, you know, the, the the Twitter stream opened up because they moved the trash cans much, much closer to the uh, to the exit of the ride vehicles. Uh, they don't even wait for you to get the barf bag. They're just putting the trash can right there, ready to go. That's so. funny. I hadn't seen that part. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm scared to ride it myself for that reason because I do get a little motion sickness. But uh, that is one that I definitely want to make sure I make sure I catch at some point in time. Yeah, take a little Dramamine, you'll be fine. <laughs> take some Dramamine. <laughs> don't don't eat for hours beforehand, and uh, yeah, hopefully you make it hey, through. You, you do what it takes when it comes to that kind of stuff. That's right. You you pregame usually by eating and getting ready, but this pregame would be a, a little different. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different. Yeah, but you gotta stomach. do it. It's worth it. <laughs> That's very. So funny. you typically get motion sick on those rides with the um, screens and stuff. I, well, so uh, the the condition I have, Meniere's disease, means that uh, I'm essentially dizzy and motion sick all the time. Um, so any anything that's because it's pinching my inner ear is my problem, and so my inner mm-hmm. ear is always has pressure on it. Uh, so I'm always a little bit motion sickness. Um, so no, I I don't get it that much on like the screen rides and whether it's Star Tours, whether it's over at Universal on Transformers, I I usually don't get it bad. I do get a little dizzy. I'm not vomiting. I'm not, you know, I can stand up. I'm just a little disorientated. Um, 
Yeah. What 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 actually drives me crazy is and it and I'll close my eyes in these sequences because I know when they occur is certain moments when you're sweeping through the trees in Pandora in the Flight of Passage. Certain moments, um, actually, any time in Universe Studios when you're in um, the um, the um, Forbidden Journey when you're in the Quidditch match, I will close my eyes. There there is too much zipping and moving. Oh. It will set me off. Uh, moments like that, I would just close my eyes because um, it's not mm-hmm. the motion of the car that does it. Yeah, it's it's the video sensory in front of me that's, right. that's tipping it off. And you know, the the good news is I've been to the parks enough times. I know when those moments are. Yeah, I'll just close my eyes. It's it's exactly. no problem. It's no problem <laughs> at all. Uh, and then my you know my daughters or uh, my my wife will tap me on the knee or something when it's over, so I can you know open my eyes again. Uh, they're good at taking care of daddy, which is which is very nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. So yeah, uh so I mean, we kind of went completely off of Disneyland started talking about Disney World, which is perfectly fine. <laughs> do you find do do you find that Disney World is your is your strong suit as a as an advisor? Is that where you where you shine or cruises or you know, land? Where do you feel is your specialty? Absolutely. I feel like World is my specialty um just because I've been to it more and more recently. Um, like I said, my only trip that I had to land before this past month was when I was in high school and I, you know, remember bits and pieces, but also so much has changed. And then I've been to Disney world so many times since then, then I'm like, uh, I'm confused. Which one's which, and I don't (laughs) even remember Disneyland anymore. So it was really good to get to go back and see it again um and just get to learn the parks and stuff i feel like you know someone can ask me like okay you're in magic kingdom and you're in tomorrowland how do you get to whatever ride i don't know let's say um big thunder how do you get there i can tell you exactly you go here you go here you go here i can tell you exactly how to get there disneyland I don't know where anything is. <laughs> so it was good to get to go back because now I feel like I have a much better understanding of the parks and getting to do our um, agency scavenger hunt with you helped a lot. You're just like, it's right here. It's right here. It's right here. It's right here. You knew where everything was. Um, and so getting to see you do that helped me to kind of understand where everything is and um seeing the map and walking it walking the park as I'm looking at the map um I'm very much of a bird's eye view kind of person I I, if I'm standing in the park I can look around and go "Mm, I think it's this way but if I'm looking at the map I can tell you you do this you do this you do this and then I can put the map down and do that Um, And so looking at the map the whole time as we were walking through the parks during the scavenger hunt was very helpful of learning the parks. Um, But yes, overall, to answer your question, Disney World is definitely more of my specialty. That's where I watch a lot of the live streams and um, just have a lot more knowledge. Although I have been watching way more Disneyland content since we went on our trip. So is there is there something that you you were surprised at in Disneyland that you you weren't quite expecting that you you found you know that's a moment I'm going to tell my clients about that's something to do is there is there anything like that that sticks out Um 
So I remember whenever I went with my family, when I was in high school, we stayed off property. And I remembered that we drove to the parks. Now, I didn't remember how far we were driving or anything. Getting to stay at the Disneyland Hotel and then also touring the other hotels around Disneyland. Getting to see just how close the hotels are to the parks was insane. My, you know, Disney World brain was thinking, oh, you got to take the bus, you got to take the, you know, Skyliner, Skyliner, monorail, you got to do all the transportation. And it takes, you know, a 25 minute bus ride from the value resort sometimes to pick up other people (laughs) and do all this stuff before you go to the park. But Disneyland, it's like a four minute walk and you're in downtown Disney or in the parks. And I mean, that was that blew my mind how easy it is to get around. Sure. And when you when you think back about the history of Disneyland and that the the vast majority of the hotels that are there now, that Disney's California Adventure were all built in the parking lot of what was was Disneyland at the time, the original park. It, when you consider that, it really does give you the idea of the scope of how much room you're dealing with, that it is very tight, that it is very easily connected, that you can be in the Disneyland Hotel and be walk all the way to the back of the park or to like Space Mountain in 10, 12 minute walk from your hotel room and just walk right over. It's not a problem. Um, not at all. No, you're just crossing what was a parking lot. Uh, so yes, it's it, it's really um, the the size of it. Uh, I always say that it's a it's a lot of magic condensed into a very small footprint, and it really is. Um, you've got more. Right. You've got you've got more. I don't want to say unique design, but you've got more creatively designed areas in Disneyland than you do Disney World. Because when they build Disney, you know, uh, a ride in Disney World, for example, they've got all the land they need. They can, you know, build it in its own independent building. When you go to Disneyland, you can look at rides like, take, for example, the uh, Alice in Wonderland ride. Do you know why it goes up on the second story? Why it's a two-story ride? Because it goes. Well, now that you're saying it, I'm assuming because it didn't have enough space. Right. So it goes up and over. Oh, now I've lost my memory. Uh, Pinocchio. It goes up and over Pinocchio's journey on that second floor. So there are moments in the ride, actually, if you stop and you listen, you can hear Pinocchio going on below you and vice versa, if you know what to listen for. Um, so everything funny. is just stacked and layered on top of each other to try, try to squeeze it into the smallest amount of space possible. And, right. you know, those those things kind of, I don't want to say warm my heart, but that that closeness, that tightness... I think is what gives Disneyland its heart um, because it does envelop not just itself, but you in that tight knit warmth that it has at its core. For sure. You don't, I, now that you say that, like you don't have the long transitional walk between lands right? right. in Disneyland that you do in Disney world. Um, and I feel like, Although my watch said I was walking similar distances to what I did in Disney World, I did not feel as tired. My feet did not hurt as sure. much as it as they normally do in Disney World. Sure. And that's and that's also because you're not 
you're not traveling so far between stopping points because you're, you know, your, right. your rides are so much closer. Your, your benches are so much closer. Your food locations are so much closer that yes, over the course of the day, yeah, you're, you're traveling the same distance, but you're, you're stopping that much more frequently and that much tighter together. Um, you know, the, the layout of the rides, for example, in, in Disneyland is what has caused, I, I don't want to say, but they, they've kept the, the same design, but they pretty much have um, reasons that why there's a boat drop in Pirates of the Caribbean, reasons why there's an elevator that takes you down in the Haunted Mansion, the stretching room. That's all because those rides are outside of the park. You're going down to go underneath the train tracks to get out into the other you know, beyond the berm, outside of the theme park. That's why all that occurs. After you go down the stretching room elevator, you walk down that corridor before you get on the doom buggy, you're walking under the train tracks. You're leaving the park. And, you know, they kept those elements in the rides from there on that they've built in Disney World, they built in Paris, that they built in Hong Kong, Shanghai, because they became iconic parts of those rides, even though they're physically not needed in those spaces. That you know, is so cool. If, I did yeah. not know that. If you're in Indiana Jones, uh, I, I assume you wrote Indiana Jones while you were in Disneyland. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, the Forbidden Eye, Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Um, you, if you remember, does, did it feel like a very long walk to get onto the ride? Uh, <laughs> you just kept going yes. and kept going and kept going. Because when that ride was built, you were leaving the park. That ride was actually took over. The, that was the first section of the parking lot to be given away to uh, a ride. Um, now, of course, the entire thing has been given away to California Adventure. But that's why you're walking past the Jungle Cruise and back beyond the berm out of the park to get out there. It's actually located in what was the e Eeyore from uh, Winnie the Pooh, his parking section of the parking lot. So when you're in the movie room and you're watching the pre-show video, turn around mm -hmm. Look up behind you at the back of the room and you see the old parking Eeyore sign all the way at the back in the corner as their little tribute to where you're now standing in the parking lot. Wow, that is so cool. I did not know that. I, I'm a little bit of a uh, theme park history nerd. Um, you know, and that's, that's I, I was fully prepared for that scavenger hunt for all the cool little things that I know about that park. You know, rides that are, the tracks are still there that you can find. You know, the petrified tree that Lily gave uh, Walt for his birthday that he uh, then donated to the park. You know, all these little nerdy things that are around. And I, I was so disappointed that they weren't on the scavenger hunt. Uh, <laughs> Stacy did say that uh, um, her reasoning for not including them was she didn't want to scare everyone else away. <laughs> um, when, when, when both my nerdism came out and the level of detail that would be then expected of you all to pass that scavenger hunt. Yeah, I mean, for me, I would have said, hey, Ben, do you know this? Or I would have been on my phone looking at Google. <laughs> Searching and Googling? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a few things in that scavenger hunt that, that I learned that was, that was new. And, you know, that was nice because it was laid out to give you an overview of the entire park. Um, you know, and the one thing that I would pass on to my clients is that viewing position out on the terrace of the Grand Californian. I knew it was there. I've been in rooms down a few doors below. I've seen people up there. I always assumed it was just like concierge level or it was a VIP room or it was something that I couldn't go experience myself. But then to be able to go up there and they go, yeah, anybody can come up here. It stays at the hotel. 
and you look out on California Adventure and you have a beautiful view of the World of Color show. Um, you know, things like that that were wonderful for me to learn. Things like that that I would pass oh, on to yeah. my clients. I, you know, I, I, I love the way the scavenger hunt ended up being because it did take you across the entire park and, and show you places, not, not necessarily history, but places that, you know, right. I mean, I've never been before. And I've been to Disneyland many, many, many times. So that was really nice. Yeah, I think that viewing spot at the Grand Californian was easily my favorite part of the scavenger hunt and maybe of the trip. <laughs> it's so it's pretty. And like it is. Said, it's a gorgeous view. It's a, an amazing viewing spot for World of Color. Or even, you know, if you're someone who likes to wake up early and you want to get up before the park's open and you want to have a cup of coffee. Yep. That's a great place to do it. Yep. Go up, Rather watch the sunrise over the room. park and uh, enjoy the view. Yes. Oh, man. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go stay there now and see that every day when I wake up in the morning. So uh, that viewing position looks out pretty much straight south of the hotel. If you head around to the, what would be the east side uh, so looking out towards essentially Grand, the uh, out of the Grand Californian towards California Adventure again, uh, you actually there's another terrace that looks out towards Soren, towards downtown Disney a little bit, um, but looks out that direction, and I think that's just as beautiful a view as well. Uh, and that one might for sunrise setting, that one might be a little bit more special because you're looking straight on at the sunrise coming over the horizon right. over the parks. Woo. Yeah, I'm I'm like, okay, I'm ready to schedule my next Disneyland trip now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't I that is just such a beautiful spot. And then to say that there's one facing east, even prettier. Yeah. With the yeah. sunrise. It's, That's crazy. It's a, it's a you know, and that hotel is is my favorite on property. Uh, I do appreciate the Disneyland hotel a whole lot and the history therein. Um, but, uh, that Grand Californian can't be beat and that they put those two terraces up there is just, just yeah. you know, the icing on the cake. Yeah, it really is. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure having you. Yeah. It was great to talk to you again. Yeah, great talk to you. Well, there it is. If you have any questions for me or for Katie that you'd like to be answered on the show, please email me at benyunke at enchanted-escapes.com. That email is also in our show notes as well as ways to get in touch with Katie. If you want to book with her directly, please do so. As always, we'd appreciate it if you'd share on social media that you're listening to the show. It goes a long way to help us out, especially those five-star ratings over on Apple Podcasts. Really bump us up in the search queue and help people find the show. It would go a long way to helping us out. As always, be sure to head over to Facebook and like our page at Enchant Escapes Travel. There you can find ways to get in contact with anybody on our team of travel professionals. We're all here to help you plan your next magical vacation. Whether it's to Disney Park or anywhere in the world, we're here to help you wherever you may be traveling. So, from our Enchant Escapes family to yours, thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon. <laughs>